Welcome to the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson. We have a ton of great Oregon State content coming your way. Let's get this thing started. Welcome, everybody. We have a special edition of the Dan Recruiting Podcast. Usually, we go on Thursdays, but with all the great news that happened over the weekend, we are going to do two. We'll do one today and then one on Thursday. Joined with us, as always, is Adam Nicholson and Angie Machado. Angie, what's up? Nothing. I This has just been fun. I mean, the, the, the momentum that Oregon State is, is, is seeing right now on the recruiting front should have Beaver Nation excited. Yeah. Adam, how are you feeling about it? you feeling good? Hey, I'm feeling good. You know, I, I strongly believe in the rule of three. I had three bad things happen this weekend. My son stepped in a, a hornet's nest on Saturday. Ooh. And then my daughter got booted off a, a swing, and then I sliced open my thumb. Mm. So I got a few stitches. But, uh, you know, the beefs picked up three commits over the weekend, so it evens out, right? <laughs> If that if this is what it takes, if it takes bad things happening to you, Adam, I'm not saying I'm hoping that they happen again, but I'm saying I hope they happen again. You I'm know, just... <laughs> I'll take it. Taking as one long for as the nobody's team. maimed, we're fine, right? Yeah, just hey, yeah, you just have to keep taking one for the team, and then <laughs> we can just Oregon State will just keep building. So today's show will have um, us three breaking down kind of the news and notes, but more importantly, we're kind of just breaking down what happened over the weekend and what's happened recently. Um, we will have a damn hotline, and joined with us is Tavis Shippen. Um, and then from there, we will go next level on Isaiah Newell. Newell. Isaiah Newell. 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 Didn't want to butcher it, but I did anyway. Anyways, so uh, Angie or Adam, whichever one of you guys want to start, let's uh, let's just dive into what happened, and uh, let's start with Alex Lemon. I mean, you know, honestly, I couldn't tell you, Angie, you would – or Adam would know, the last time that we had a guy that really made Corvallis maybe this excited, I should say, but just in general, have we ever got a guy who was rated number one in, in really anything out of JUCO? We have, actually. Um, Beaver Blitz has been actually breaking down like the top historic commits by position this summer, and um, some Beaver fans, longtime Beaver fans, may remember, he's kind of a legend right now, Simi Cooley. He was the number one ranked overall JUCO um, player, gosh, I, put, I don't even remember what year it was, but he never made it. it. Something like that? Yeah, it was like 2007, 2008. Um, number one overall, um, never made it to Corvallis academically, um, but, um, you know, looking back, wide receiver Reuben Jackson was the number one wide receiver back in, in the day coming out of JUCO, and, and now um, Alex Lemon is the number one rated strong side defensive end in, in, in JUCO ranks. Um, by 24 seven. So wow. um, big, it's a big, you know, and if you couple that with Tavis Shippen, mm-hmm. another pretty highly rated player. I mean, that's, that should be a, a get Beaver Nation excited. I mean, Alex Lemon, when you, when you look at his offer sheet, I mean, last week he visited Florida, he had LSU, um, he had big time programs after him and really told, told us that he wasn't going to make a commitment, that he was going to be a, a November guy. And then liked what he saw on Saturday night, Pulled Coach Smith aside and told him he wanted to be a beef. Wow. I mean, I, that's huge. I was going to say, I, I think it caught everybody off guard. 
on Sunday morning when he announced it. It was it was bright and early, it feels like. And, uh, I mean, as Angie was alluding to, his offer list, Oregon State, Florida, Arizona State, who he had been previously committed to, Iowa State, LSU, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oregon, San Diego State, and Utah State. For Juco, this early on in the process to already have some big hitter offers on his, to his name, that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge, huge win for the staff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge win for the staff, but I think even what makes it more impressive is the fact that he already had those offers, right? So when a mm-hmm. lot of the time I think when you look at JUCO guys, and really anybody, not even just JUCO guys, but high school players as well, is you'll see guys who, you know, maybe Oregon State is their only Power 5 offer, so they go there and then maybe they get another Power 5 offer. And it's not just that Oregon uh, for Oregon State, but, you know, just in general where you kind of wait. For, to get more offers, but you commit, so more people will maybe be interested in you or or maybe look at you. But I just thought it was impressive for the fact that he had all of those offers to some really, you know, obviously top five programs, one being Oklahoma, and you choose Oregon State, which isn't a bad thing by any means. But, I mean, you just look at it and, you know, Coach that just shows you that Coach Smith and his staff, they're doing something right. And they're selling kids on, whether it's playing time, the vision, um, the success that they could have here, not only, you know, on the football field, but academically and just in general, whatever they're selling them, that it that it's working, and it's something that I think is super impressive. And it, it to me, it just shows that some serious progress has been made. Because if you would you would have told me, you know, honestly, even a month or a month or two ago, that Oregon State was going to be landing some of the guys that they did, I would tell you that you're lying, right? So I just think it's something that shows growth in the program and shows that it's finally maybe taking the step in the right direction, and then they have to keep going with this momentum because it started with, you know, maybe one guy or then two guys, and then, you know, for example, Zariah Beeson, right? We get him, and then all of a sudden it just keeps going and going and going, and the the wheel just keeps rolling, and I think it's really cool to see. Yeah, and now, you know, we we enter the dead period now for the next month, so, you know, no more visits. It's kind of that time where these high school and JUCO guys can spend time with their families and their teams um, without, you know, the constant bombardment from coaches and people, you know, wanting to take visits and such. So it's it's kind of a nice time now to close this out with Oregon State sitting right now with nine commitments. Possibly we might see another one or two here in the next week or so. Um, But that puts them, you know, they're halfway done then for the class mm-hmm. heading into the start of the season, which is, it's a really good place to be. Um, like you said, and, and, you know, being a former player, Marcus, talk a little bit or tell me, cause I, I would have to think as you get bigger name prospects, does that attract, I mean, it attracts other big name prospects. Yeah. I mean, you could look at it two ways. Um, you know, you either look at it as you have a, but if you're recruiting competitors, here it is, for example, uh, I went on my official visit with Thomas Tyner. Thomas Tyner was there. I think there's a handful of other guys. But when I saw Thomas or when I knew Thomas Tyner was committing to University of Oregon, I was like, okay, I'm going to go there because it was even before I took any of these visits or anything like that because I was like, if he's going there, that means, you know, obviously something's working, right? And that was when they were winning a lot of games and they were very successful. But then I was like, I want that spot. And to me, I was like, I'm better than he is. So I want to go there and I want to beat him out for that spot. Right, and so I think that's where you you start to attract more and more people, and now you look at it like from Oregon State's point of view, and it's okay. These guys are going there for a reason, right? You get these, you know, these top rated guys, some guys who have some really serious offers, and then you know, if you're a recruit who's maybe outside looking in at Oregon State, you're like, what What is going on? Like, why yeah, Why is everyone trying to go there? 
you know, there's something that I'm not seeing on the outside. So then, right, maybe you get in more contact. Maybe you try to figure some stuff out. Maybe, you know, you do something in order to maybe be, you know, maybe get Oregon State to be more interested in you or whatever it is. But the traction, it's there now, right? There's momentum for Oregon State. And they should ride this out, Angie and Adam. They really should. If I don't know, I don't know how exactly the recruiting process goes, you know, when it comes to like this period and everything like that. But I mean, you guys tell me, I think they're in a really good spot, like you said, Angie, but I mean, I just feel like the momentum can keep going and going and going. And like you said, their class is already halfway full before even the season starts. So say they win, you know, a solid five or six games, then the momentum is, I mean, I would only imagine Corvallis is going to burn to the ground. I mean, we're going to be getting some, you know, some serious guys there. It's going to be I, – I just think it's it's a perfect way to start, you know, right before fall camp and right before the season starts. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I, I see the – I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from talking to these recruits and that we've already seen from talking to the coaches is just the sincerity. Mm-hmm. And that's – I think these guys really have a, have a trust. They have a belief in what Coach Smith is, is telling them. And um, and he has changed the culture in Corvallis. Adam and I were talking about this, this this morning. The culture change in Corvallis, as quickly as it's happened, has been unreal. You know, to talk to some of the current players or their families and, and hear about just how much fun they're having but how hard they're working, um, that's contagious, too, when, you, when the recruits start coming. And it's not this disjointed team anymore that they don't hang out together and they're not really friends. This mm-hmm. is a team that's bonded. They work out together all the time. They're together. Um, and that kind of that kind of brotherhood trans you know transform or transpires, and everyone can see that and feel that. Yeah, definitely, uh, Adam. So, what do you? Here's a question for you, my man. So, if it comes yep. down to it, right? I mean, we have we're we're getting all these guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot of momentum happening in, in your mind because you know I think you and I have talked about this a couple times, but. You know, do you think when when people say that they're 100 percent committed, right? And I've seen a lot of Oregon State fans kind of tweet, "Well, I'm not, you know, going to be as, as excited until he reaches campus." But you know, how solid do you think these commits are? Because you know, even when you see these guys on Twitter and they're always just trying to bring everybody in, and you know, obviously all the hype where it's like, you know, when Coach Smith has the bat signal that you said, everything like that. It just seems like there's so much excitement right now, and it's something I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I haven't I haven't even seen since I've been at Oregon State, probably since like 2013 or 14, if I'm being real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, do you think you know these kids are 100 percent committed? And do you think you know if you're an Oregon State fan, you're outside looking in, you're like, okay, is he really committed there for the long run? You know, basically describe to me how you would feel right now and how you feel about at least how committed they are truly. When I look up and down the commit list right now, I you know I've talked to each and every single one of these commits um, outside of Alex now, um, many of them multiple times, and all of them are like, yeah, you know, we're still in touch with the coaches like on a daily or bi daily basis, and I think that's the key to retaining kids is you know not necessarily forgetting about them once they they're already on the commit list, continuing to actively build that relationship and hats off to the coaching staff for continuing to do that. Um, you know, undoubtedly it seems like every year uh, we go through the poaching season, which is towards the end of the regular season uh, later this fall and into that early signing period where um, rival staffs are looking at other commit lists and saying, Hey, 
we have this need. I don't really, you know, we have recruited this kid earlier on in the process. Maybe they stay in touch with them, but they try to amp things up and go after them and try to poach them. Um, Luke Musgrave last year had, what, six different programs after him still after he had committed, Oregon, UCLA, Cal, um, a few others as well. And he, he hung tight with his commitment and ended up signing and, you know, arrived on campus this last weekend. I think right now with all these guys in the fold, there's going to be poachers coming after them at some point. And mm. if I were to assess it right now, I think everybody on the commit list is going to, you know, they say they're hundred percent. I have to take them at their word. Um, you know, you look at a kid like Zariah Beeson who had what 24 offers when he committed, um, who else does he really need to get offered by? That's going to slam at this point. Yeah. Um, you look at a kid like Lemon, who has you know those some of those elite, uh, highly desirable offers. He commits. I don't see him necessarily flipping at any point. Um, you know, you have the two legacy, or you have a legacy in Junior Walling. You have John Miller, who's been committed since last December. Um, you have Cooper Darling, who has ties to the area. I don't think any of them are going to be wavering at all. Ben Goldbrunson, the quarterback of the class right now, he's bought in, sold in. Uh, we just talked to, or we'll be talking to Tavis here later. I think he fits the mold of what um, he gets and understands the, the, the community and the, um, the the culture of the program, and I think he's bought in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Spencer, Shane Cady are both new um, to the commit list, having committed this last Friday. Um, you know, it'll be as we continue to build our relationships with them here at Beaver Blitz, it's going to be interesting to figure out, you know, where they're at um, later on in the process. But I, I have no reason to believe that they'd be looking anywhere else either. Yeah, I like Well, Shane Katie actually oh, yeah. took, took trips. So, sorry. He's, he's from Hawaii, and he was on the mainland the past couple weeks. And he actually went through, visited. He had an offer from Army West Point. He visited that unofficially, checked out Oregon State. Um, I believe they stopped by Oregon. He had an offer at Fresno, checked out Fresno. He checked out UCLA. No offer yet, but um, they had been recruiting him. And then he also checked out Arizona, which he had an offer from. So he was able to see every place that's been recruiting him and and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that that's what I was saying earlier is just you see these guys. It's not like they're offering with, you know, zero offers and Oregon State's kind of their only one. And, it's, and you know, and it's like an Oregon State and like Portland State. That's what I mean. Yeah. That, that's why I'm thinking. You know, I feel comfortable with them right now, just because when you see that, you're like, okay, sweet, right? So they've checked out, like you just said, Angie. They checked out some places, and even then, they still like Oregon State, and Oregon State they still think is the right fit for them. So that's something that I yeah. think we need to keep in mind because you know I know how the whole whole poaching thing goes as well because I mean I experienced it as well. You know, I, I experienced it a handful of times, but um, even when you know before. Oregon State, there was a time where, you know, Washington at the time was, was you know, the, the coaches were still calling me. They're still reaching out to me. Um, a lot of times at Arizona State, they did that Arizona. And it just, I mean, it just happens, right? But you just, I was 100% committed to Oregon State. I really wanted to go there. And I thought Oregon State was the best fit for me. So um, that's something we have to keep in mind. I think that, you know, if these kids obviously do leave, you know, I, we already know it's the drill. We respect their decision, everything like that. But I just don't think that's the case. And I really like kind of the guys that they get because I think they get those guys, like we've said before, that aren't, you know, maybe into the flash that you would see at Oklahoma or anything like that. They like what Oregon State has, and they ha- they really like what it has to offer. And they really like the coaching staff. They like the players. They like the community. So that's why they want to come here. And as crazy it is for some people to see that, 
I'm like, why would this guy want to go to Oregon State when he has an offer from Oklahoma? Well, he thinks it's the best fit for him, and he thinks his, he can be successful here. I'm like, what, what's so hard to understand about that? But, uh, you know, I'm just feeling comfortable with the situation, how it is right now. Well, I think Coach Smith is, is at a point where, you know, he, he really, his mentor is Chris Peterson, mm-hmm. who it's kind of like when you commit, you commit. And so, um, you know, it, it's not like, you know, I think Coach Smith is, is probably pretty honest with these guys saying, look, you want to commit, that is awesome. We want you to commit, but I don't want you to commit because when you commit, we're going to stop recruit. you know, that's your position. Mm-hmm. We will fill it. And we, you know, we won't be recruiting that position. If you have any doubt and want to look around, that's fine, but we can't guarantee your spot will be here. So I think he's pretty honest with them yeah. in that, um, you know, you're committing, but you know, that's, that's your word. So um, even Beeson, you know, it's, we had some uh, fans reach out to me that um, the 24 seven Utah site had him visiting Utah this past weekend. And uh, I just, you know, text. Zariah, and I'm like, hey, are you still visiting Utah? And he's like, oh, no, I canceled all my trips. I'm 100% with Oregon State. And I'm like, okay. So they, they changed it. But, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of stuff, people – and I think Beaver fans maybe more so than others or get a little get a little sketch, squirrely, squirrely on that. Yeah. You know, they, they get nervous. But, Definitely. Um, you know, have, have some, uh, you know, <laughs> pride and, and know that your school is, is good and, and they're doing their best to keep these guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they've done everything they needed to. I don't see why – and you just said it, Angie, you know, I think Coach Smith just goes about it a different way than other coaches do, right? Like, I think some coaches, they just, you know, they really feed off of, okay, are you going to commit right on the spot? Okay, cool. Yeah, if we yeah. Get in, whether it means anything or not. Yeah, right. And and it's not like, okay, if you're comfortable and you really want to do it, then do it, right? Instead, they're like, no, you're the man. Like, just, you know, look at, look at everything we have to offer, everything like that. I know Oregon State does that as well, but – it's the fact that you, if one, you know, some places have honest coaches about it and they're like, listen, like Coach Smith, this is a scenario. This is the situation. If you feel comfortable and this is the place you want to be, we would love to have you. But if not, then, you know, maybe your spot's not going to be here. That's just something we can't promise. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. something that not every coach does. You know, like I just said, some are like, oh, no, wait, just commit, commit on the spot. And so yeah. we can, you know, we can get all the hype and everything like that. Then that's when everyone else feeds into it, and then everything, you know, it's just kind of a snowball effect. But, um, and then they end up, you know, maybe decommitting because they're questioning themselves after a while because it's not truly what they want, but they felt pressured into doing it at the time. Yeah, they got jumped. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling good about it, Angie and Adam. Listen, I, I, I don't know if there's a time that I've seen Oregon State this excited. I know that once we, um won the Civil War a couple of years ago, my last game, that there was a lot of hype around our program. Like, we were finally taking that next step. Um, I didn't really know, recruiting-wise, what we were at because as players we really don't know. But, uh, you know, at, at least looking, you know, outside in now, it looks like everything is is really working towards Oregon State's favor. And, you know, after, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Coach Smith got, like, pissed off or something or what. But after he said – or after that quote came out about what he said about social media – He's really taking that to the next level. I really like the whole, yeah. you know, the damn right. And then all of a sudden, like Adam has said, it's like the bat signal. And everyone who sees that's like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Okay, we get a commit. That means we get a commit. Then, right, there's just a bunch of buzz. And it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that I would say we haven't had before. And now that we have that, I think it's just something that the fans enjoy. I enjoy. I know all of us enjoy it. But it just brings us all kind of together as one to say, okay, Something exciting is about to happen, and it's kind of suspenseful. It's kind of like going to a scary movie, and it's you know, 
or something crazy like that, or someone hits a game-winning shot in basketball, right? It's just something that we're all like, oh, like, okay, here we go. We got something going. I think it's something that we've been so you missing. Wanna, you want to know a little a little uh, tidbit on that whole damn right? Yeah. That Coach Smith tweets. <laughs> Junior Walling, who was a commit, uh, he committed on Friday and is a legacy. His dad played at Oregon State back in the late 80s, early 90s. Junior actually helped Coach Smith come up with that. Really? So there you go. A little, a little, cool. uh, little scoop for you. Really? Wow. Yep. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm pretty impressed. Hey, so, you know. I didn't know that. Well done, Junior. Yeah, well done. He, uh... so junior's, junior's fun. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of probably partial because he goes to McNary, which is my <laughs> alma mater. <laughs> but it, it's kind of funny, too, because like, I happen to do some research and look at who their head coach is. And I'm like, oh, I told Junior, I'm like, oh. Coach Ovenen, he was there when I went to school. There he goes, yeah, he's been here forever. Uh, <laughs> I was like, all righty then. <laughs> <laughs> all righty then. Well, yeah, we have okay. You know, we have some good stuff going at Oregon State. Um, I'm really excited, Angie. We're happy to have you on. We really appreciate it. Obviously, always having our boss on so Adam and I can keep our job is probably a smart idea. Um, Adam, do you have any? Yeah, you want to ask any or ask Angie anything else before we switch over? No, I think I think we're good. Well, Angie, I, go enjoy your time being a boss, our boss. Okay. Well, I'm actually I'm yeah. actually been talking. I've been texting, you know, before the call, and I have to to jump back on here with um, Cooper Darling. He is a commit, offensive line commit. At, that took an official visit this weekend, so I'm working on a story that will be on Beaver Blitz here shortly. Go check out Beaver Blitz. Perfect. You guys know the drill. Don't make me Yo. beg you, because I'll beg you if I really have to. <laughs> well, hey, whatever it takes yeah whatever it takes whatever it takes perfect well angie thank you so much for hopping on we really appreciate it we'll bring you on soon thanks guys all righty it's time to go next level you all know what that is mark is going to do a deep dive today in a recent official visitor to oregon state uh running back slash athlete isaiah newell he's six foot three and 215 pounds out of las lomas uh the kid's got 16 offers, and it's really a who's who's of the uh, Pac-12 and amongst the nation. Um, on this list, he's got Arizona State, Colorado, Kansas State, Oregon, USC, Arizona, um, San Diego State, Utah, to name a few. Man, he's, he seems like the real deal on here. What what'd you uh, what stood out about his film to you, Marcus? Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that he's 6'3", 215 pounds, and I was just like, my goodness, that is a huge running back. Um, you know, he he has not only the size, but usually when you see guys that big, it's more of, you know, they're kind of your bruiser running backs that it's, you know, uh, okay, go win your – or it's fourth and one, put him in, just let him use his big body and run into the pile and hopefully he can push the pile, right? But uh, this dude has crazy great athletic ability. Um He's a strong runner, and when it comes to being a strong runner, your most your most important thing, excuse me, is just being able to break tackles. And we've seen it. I think another strong runner that we can compare him to is a guy like Eno Benjamin. He might not be the biggest guy at Arizona State, but what he is is a very strong runner and has extremely strong legs. And you know that's kind of what I see in his game is the fact that he's so strong. It's not gonna. It's gonna take more than one guy to basically tackle him in open field and that's just the honest answer because um the way he runs he gets low um he has great feet it's the fact that he can explode through arm tackles not just arm tackles but just explode through you know tacklers in general 
I thought that was absolutely insane. I mean, it, there's a couple times on this film where people were running at him, and they could have, you know, at least came close to maybe trying to tackle him, but you could tell by how physical and how tough he plays and how strong he is that some guys kind of just slow down a little bit. They're like, oh, he's going to score anyway, so we'll let him do that. So that shows me that nobody wants nobody wants that action. Nobody's really about that life. Um, <laughs> I thought that was really impressive. But, you know, I put I was thinking about kind of where he would fit into the offense and how I how great I think he would fit into our offense. But him being a third down back is kind of what really kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. So usually when you have a third down back, your third down back is a guy who can block extremely well and and catch really well out of the backfield. And he could do all those things, but it's the fact that you have the guy with his size. And somebody who – the last third down back that I thought was extremely great that Oregon State had was uh, Teron Ward. And he was a mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal blocker. He was a strong runner, and he could catch really well out of the backfield. He was more of like – you know, kind of your your slot do do everything guy really, but um, with Isaiah man, you, he has the size, he has the speed, but put it in perspective for a defensive coordinator, right? And so, say it's third and two, it's third and two. You're gonna and we're not even in maybe a normal power eye. We're in the you know the original Oregon State spread that they run now, right? So say mm-hmm. you have you're in the spread, um. If they bring pressure, he can pick them up. So that's super big. That's you know he's a big body guy. So um, not only can he bring, can he take the pressure of say maybe an outside linebacker because he's fast enough to get there or anything like that, but he has the size to take on a defensive lineman as well, which is something not every running back can do. Simply because you know sometimes you go up against defensive linemen who are just way bigger than you. Trust me, I know. Mm-hmm. I tried to block Vita Vea a handful of times, and I ended up breaking you know my visor <laughs> because he just is a top 10 pick, but um, I was going to ask how that went for you. It didn't go great, but you know, I, I had to basically (laughs) man up and and get in his way. But um, with Isaiah, I mean, he could take on, he could take on a defensive lineman and not just like a defensive end, but a defensive tackle. So that's something to keep in mind. But so as a defensive coordinator, you're looking at this guy saying, okay, how could we stop him? Because he had, he's fast. He is a fast player. So, okay. Do you put a linebacker on him so he can get outran, Right. Do you bring pressure because you're probably not going to get the pressure you want because you can pick him up? Or from there, you know, how are you going to stop him in the run game because he's a strong runner and if there's only two yards, you give him the ball because he's going to get the two yards. And he has such a strong base. And, you know, a lot of guys that are successful at running backs, Adrian Peterson, what he did, especially being the strong runner that he was, what he did a great job of, and Ezekiel Elliott does it too, is every time you fall forward. And I don't think anybody could really – especially in his film, nobody could stop him, right? So when he's running for it, and if there's a gang of people tackling him, he still picks up three, four, five extra yards. That Those yak yards, yards after contact, are something that um, only certain running backs, you have, to, you have to be strong in order to get those yak yards. And I mm-hmm. think he has the strength to do that, which is something I really enjoy. Last thing is the kid has phenomenal vision. And I think for as young as he is as a football player, if you have the vision – then I think you're set because here's something that we always have to keep in mind when especially breaking down running backs is speed, speed, you go to the next level, everyone's fast. So that doesn't translate over, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just it's just honest. Unless you're, you know, running a four two as a running back, truly it doesn't really matter. Um strength, it does it does matter because, you know, you could always get stronger and everything like that. But Um, there's always, no matter who it is, even Isaiah, right? There's going to be people that are stronger than him. That's just how football goes. 
Um, mm-hmm. But something that translates over that only certain people have, and you have to be a really great running back, that transfers over not only from high school to college, but college to the NFL is vision. And that's the number one thing I think scouts look at is, can he read defense? Can he read how blocks develop? And not only that, can he see the holes before they're there? And I think that's something that not every running back has. And that's why you see someone like a Jamar Jefferson, who he might not be the fastest guy when it comes to a 40, but what does he do? He finds the right holes and he finds the right gaps and he can explode through those. Isaiah has that. And I think watching his film, I saw a handful of times where there was no hole there. So what do you do? It's slow through fast or slow to fast through which means you mm-hmm. are slow to the hole so it can develop, and then once it opens up, you explode through. That's what we've always been taught as running backs. He has that, but he has it at, at an extremely young age, and the offense that Oregon, State's, that Oregon State runs, excuse me, th- these blocks are all the same, right? In a spread offense, the blocks are going to be the same, and he really has that great vision, and there's a handful of times, like I said in his film, with no hole was there. But what do you do? You're patient. You see how the defense flows, rotation of safeties, Who's coming, and everything like that? Are the you know are the defensive linemen? Are they just getting straight up field? Are they, uh, you know, stunting something, whatever? And he could read that, and he finds the right holes almost every single time. It was super impressive. I really like that about his game. I will say, I want to see ball security get better from him. I mean, I know you're a great player, right? Uh, you're breaking tackles, you're stiff arming guys to the ground, everything that happens, yada yada yada, but. When you get especially to the next level, it's going to take a handful of guys to tackle you with that kind of size, that kind of speed and strength. So what are they going to do? Okay, they're not going to be focused more on making a square-up tackle on you. They're going to try to get the ball out of your hands, right? They're going to keep trying to Mm -hmm. swipe at the ball, try to make you um, fumble, trying to flip momentum, lose your confidence, everything like that. That's what they do to running backs that you you honestly can't stop one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. if he can tighten up that ball security – I mean, he's going to give defensive coordinators headaches. He's going to make. He's going to be a piece that Oregon State is going to use right away, without a doubt. I think he's great defensive or third down back. Excuse me, ha, can make a defense really scratch their head. How do we stop this guy? And then vision, absolutely phenomenal vision. I think he's somebody that is going to be a home run hitter if Oregon State can get him. What do you think about him, Adam? Do you like what do you like most about his game? I think I I really like his versatility. You watch his film, you see him. Uh, not only lined up in the backfield, but you see him split out wide, then motion, you see him playing some outside linebacker on the other side. And I couldn't help but think, you know, I see a lot of Ryan Nall on him. The size comparisons, the the sneaky speed, you know, the ability to run away from people at 6'3", 215. Um, also, his production jumps off the charts at me. Last year as a junior, he rushed for over 2,100 yards and 32 scores. So that tells me that they're getting him the ball too, mm-hmm. and he's producing um, down there. So I, I see, I see um, the opportunity to come in, be that every down back down the line after Jamar Jefferson, um, fitting in with uh, Teron Madison as well, who signed out of the uh, 2019 class. Um, just kind of that ability to be a workhorse. You know, when his number's called, he's going to be able to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what will benefit him probably more so than all and probably gives him a higher ceiling is this staff has a clear recruiting pitch for him. They see him as a running back. He's going to be a running back. With Ryan Nall, when he came out of uh, Central Catholic up here in Portland and under you know Mike Riley's staff, it was, well, you know, he plays running back in high school, but we see him as a tight end. Oh, well, maybe we see him as an outside linebacker. 
oh, no, we're going to move him back to, to running back. And he didn't get that clear vision and opportunity to, you know, start from day one as at one position. Yeah. Whereas I think Newell will have the ability to, hey, I'm coming in as a running back. I'm going to be able to train as a running back and, you know, be a part of that running back room from day one when I get on campus. Mm-hmm. I think that that can go a long way as well in the development of an athlete. So um, that's kind of where I see things with him. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he ends up at Oregon State and, um, you know, we, we get a damn right tweet here soon. Yeah. Absolutely. The kid's really great. I'm excited for it. Uh, so, Adam, let's switch over. We have the damn hotline with Tavis Shippen. I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it, so let's switch on over. All righty, everyone. Joining us on the damn hotline today, we have Tavis Shippen, a six foot five, 275-pound defensive end out of Mount San Jacinto College. He is one of the latest uh, athletes to commit to Coach Smith and pledge to build the dam. Tavis, thank you so much for joining us today. Congratulations on your commitment. And, uh, yeah, let's get down to it. So yeah. What, yeah, what kind of led up to you deciding that Oregon State was going to be your future home? Uh, the area, and uh, I'll play right away, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, so, it's – the the playing time is always big, you know. Me being uh, a guy who's been in your shoes before, Tavis is, uh, you know, playing time is obviously big, but it's kind of more of a system fit too. You know, you can kind of see yourself, I'm guessing, uh, succeeding there, and, and kind of, you know, you get a play right away. You're a guy that obviously has the athletic ability and you know the size, the speed, everything along that lines. But uh, you know, who do you kind of model your game after? You know, a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of people that I tell after I watched your film that you remind me a lot of Scott Crichton, who was an Oregon State great. Um, you know, he was fast, he was strong, he had the athletic ability, um, can really turn the tide of a game. So who do you model your game after? I try and model my game after Khalil Mack or Von Miller because they're always fast off the ball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they're fast off the ball, and they're guys who really just can make that play. And so um, we've kind of noticed that about you, my man, is that you come in and – you're a guy that we think can instantly turn the tide, but uh, you know what? What do you think is your strength? Is it more of you know your speed off the edge, your tackling ability? Kind of what do you think is your strength of your game? Uh, my strength, or not my strength, my speed off the ball. Mm-hmm. Is it is it more like speed, just flat out, you know, off the edge, or do you think it's more of uh, you know, kind of when it comes down to it is say a running back. A lot of the time in your film, running back to running you know, obviously to the opposite side of you, I would do the same, but um, do you think it's more of just right <laughs> off the edge or is it running, you know, is it running guys down like that? It's both, I feel like, because I can run down the uh, running back, but I can also get off the ball faster than the offensive lineman could get out of his dance. So oh, how yeah. does Coach Tibisar – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go, man. You're You're right away. I was going to say, how does Coach Tibisar kind of see you fitting into the defense? Is it lining up as a D-end in their 3-4, or do they see you possibly moving inside as well? Uh, as a defensive end. Mm. Okay. Do you, think you're more, do you think you're more efficient or more effective, I should say, at a defensive end, or do you think, you know, really it doesn't, it doesn't even matter and you're just going to, you know, make plays wherever you go? Yeah, it doesn't matter as long as I see the field, you know. Yeah, I feel you, man. Hey, that's the best answer. That's the answer I like to hear. Definitely. 
Uh, so last question for you, my man. Let's talk about um, Coach Smith and his staff. You know, obviously commitment mm-hmm. is more of, you know, it's it's a combination of really everything between playing time, between uh, you like the environment, you like really everything. Talk about Coach Smith and his staff. What, you know, what kind of brought you or what interests you by Coach Smith and his staff? Uh, what interested me was how last year they worried about academics more than football, and I really need that more than football to get my degrees and stuff like that. Man, you know, we never really hear that a lot, and I got to put a yeah. lot of respect on that, my man. I really like that answer. It's the fact that, uh, you know, when guys, at least in my experience, you know, when I played, it's the fact that, when you take care of school and you have good grades, you have less stuff to worry about. And and that's what I like about Coach Smith yeah. and the staff, too, is, you know, everyone always says football is the most important thing. But once you get past that football or once you get past the academics and you understand that, okay, if I do good in school, I have less stress, I have less things to worry about, and then football is all, yeah. you know, is the only thing I have to worry about, that's when I think players succeed on the field. So, man, I got to tip my hat to you. That was that was a that was exactly what I wanted to hear. And uh, Adam, you got a uh, you got another question for my man? Uh, well, what's kind of next for you? I know um, you have what three years of eligibility remaining with a, a redshirt year. Um, yeah. Are you looking to play this next fall? Or are you going to utilize your redshirt? Or have you really thought about that yet? Uh, I'm using my redshirt at Mount San Jacinto, so I have three years at Oregon State. Excellent. You'll be here in the winter then? Uh, Yeah, so I'm a December grad, so I'll be there December, January around that that time. Man. That's awesome. That's what we like to hear. (laughs) Hey, uh, Tavis, my man, we really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, You know, I got to tip my hat off to you again, my man. I'm really excited to have you come on campus. You know, obviously being a former Beaver, um, I'm going to be – I'm always polling for anyone who commits to Oregon State. Um, and regardless, mm-hmm. you know, man, hats off to you that I think you really provided us with kind of, uh, and the fans and the listeners, especially just kind of an outlook of, you know, kind of what your mentality is. And, um, you have all the athletic ability, but it's the fact that you really hone in and you really want to, uh, focus a lot on academics too, is something that not everybody who hops on our show really says. So I want to tip my yeah. hat off to yeah. you, my man. And, um, we really appreciate you hopping on Adam. You want to say anything else before we let him go? I was going to say, it's that life after football. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a great to start thinking about now, you know? Yes. So Absolutely. Well, hey, Tavis, my man, thank you so much, and go Beavs. Go Beavs. Another great episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast. Before we go, Adam, do you have anything to say, my man? Hey, man, I love having these student-athletes come on and future student-athletes. Mm-hmm. It's always great to be able to share those experiences and um, spreading the word out for them, you know, I get to talk to them all the time, you know, whether it's a recruiting call or uh, for interviews and stuff, but to be able for Beaver Nation to hear it from their own mouth, I, I really like that. And just another perk about the damn recruiting podcast. Yeah. The ability to have them on. Definitely. It's really great to have them on, you know, more importantly for the fact that we get to kind of see who they are as a person. And I think a lot of the time we, um, everyone does it, you know, we look at it, you're like, oh, he's a great football player. You know, he has all this size, speed, everything like that. But um, like I said about Tavis, I really like the fact, hats off to him, that he takes, you know, his academic seriously. And that's something mm-hmm. that we don't always hear. And so it's something that I really like to, or, you know, I really enjoy hearing. 
And, you know, I just want to see uh, players grow, not only as, you know, football players, but it's cool to see them grow as people. And I think the staff does a great job of doing that. I agree. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Marcus. Yeah. Like Yogi Berra said, let's do two, huh? Yeah. Let's do this again on Thursday? Yes, sir. We're going to do it again on Thursday. So tune in for that. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson. 